For those who love the Lord, they express their love towards him through music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemmer. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are talking about music today as we explore the Bible. The 66 books written by 40 authors over 1,500 years, yet all with the same theme. Now, this is a very interesting exploration today of the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. Same thing. And we'll talk about that coming up in about five minutes' time. Corey and Ryan are here too. Corey? Well, something that Chapter 1 of Song of Solomon talks about is perfume. So we're going to be looking at that today. Ryan? Well, today I'm going to be sharing with you something that my late grandfather wrote in relation to the book of Song of Songs. All right. Very good. I look forward to that. And Janet? Today, I want to talk about the love of God. All right. This is all coming your way in the next few minutes. They're in 20 minutes. Janice is in 25 minutes, half an hour. So let's study the Word of God. Song of Songs 1, 1 through 7. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. The Shulamite. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore the virgins love you. Draw me away. The Daughters of Jerusalem We will run after you. The Shulamite The king has brought me into his chambers. The Daughters of Jerusalem We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. The Shulamite Rightly do they love you. I am dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. To her beloved. Tell me, O you whom I love, where you feed your flock, where you make it rest at noon, for why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? Song of Songs, Chapter 1 Verses 1 through 7. The Song of Songs, chapters 1 to 3, that's what we read today. We go into this uh, amazing reading of the Bible, which is absolutely fascinating. Now, the Hebrew title is Shur Hasherim. It comes from Song of Solomon. Chapter 1, verse 1, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Now, the Song of Solomon has a love song. It's a love song written by King Solomon to celebrate love between him and his bride. And the book reads like scenes from a drama with three main speakers. The king, that's Solomon, the bride, the Shulamite, and the daughters of Jerusalem. While self-sacrificial love is presented in 1 Corinthians 13, romantic love is restricted to marriage and communicated here. The bride's beloved, 
is the one who speaks to her through his song. Historically, the songs demonstrate the courtship and wedding of the shepherdess and the king, Solomon, as well as the emotional and ups and downs and troubles of wedded love. Allegorically, the overarching theme parallels our relationship with God as his people. Israel as God's betrothed bride and the church as the bride of Christ. This is an amazing way to illustrate God's love for his people and their love for him. Now, it is something. Now, we're going to be focused on this because this is really important. And as we do that, I would encourage you to get your Bible guide and turn today's uh, particular passage. If you don't have a Bible guide, my question would be, why not? You can call us or write to us and we'll send you one. Or here's another way you can do it. Go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the page. It'll take you to a donate page and then take you to a page where you can download it as we printed it. But let me just say, I'd like to say thank you and uh, tell the people, I really appreciate your giving. That's how we exist here. You know, we don't spend a lot of time uh, just asking for money. We don't do that because we don't feel the Lord's called us to do that. But we do feel that God will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will do his work and you will do what God tells you to do. So thank you for listening to the Lord on that. It's very, very important. All right, Father, I pray today as we look at this song that you would help us to hear your word. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name to listen to the love in this particular scene. Help us to see it and understand it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, make it so. All right, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, the Shulamite, let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth. For your love is better than wine because of the fragrance of your goodness and your ointments. Your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Now, this is fascinating. Those who love the Lord often proclaim their love to him through music. You see, worship music is written to praise God for who he is and what he has done. I love worship music. Good worship music focuses on God, not on me, focuses on what he's done. And this is important. Our music today is, uh, a lot of music is just, we, uh, all of the music is kind of messed up, but our music needs to understand, our music need, we need to understand our music needs to be directed towards God. We can learn how to do that by reading the Psalms, but we need to focus our music on God. There are some songs that are really great and some that, you know, I pray. Very, very important. Song of Songs, chapter one, verse four. The Shilamite, draw me away, she says. And now the daughters of Jerusalem, we will run after you, Shilamite. The king has brought me into his chambers the daughters of Jerusalem. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. Shilamite, rightly do they love you. Now this back and forth between them teaches us the emotion in the midst of this play. The love of God is displayed throughout his word. Now this is the Bible we're reading. Our music to the Lord is eternal as we sing and praise him. 
Keep that in mind. Uh, there was a man who did an, at uh, Creation Ministries International. He wrote an article about it. And he talked about music. And he said, music is mathematical and music is very accurate. And when we sing, it's the sound of our soul. And beloved, may I say, there is nothing more beautiful than a true song to God. I mean, that is because the song is to the divine mind outside of anything in earth. All of our other songs are dedicated to this girl or that man or this man, or I'm going to do this to you or that I'm going to get you or but when we direct our music to the Lord and what he is and what he's done, boy, that's amazing. And this play is musical. So it's not just a play. It's also music. We need to keep that in mind. All right, let's go on because this gets even more interesting. Song of Songs, chapter one, verses five to seven. The Shilamite, I am dark but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. To her beloved, tell me, O you who I love, whom I love, where you feed your flock, where you make it rest at noon. For why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? This is amazing. Now keep this in mind. We should seek to know and follow God every second of our life. All of our life. A hunger and a thirst for the Lord is evident in the hearts and the minds of those who love God. I need to tell you that Matthew chapter five tells us this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. There's nothing like, have you ever been really thirsty and not been able to get a drink or a bottle of water somewhere? I mean, you really, it really gets to you and you really, you just, you pray, oh God, help me to get to water. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after rightness with God, for they will be filled. What does God say when we seek him? He said, I will come. God says many times, if you seek me, you will find me, if you truly seek me. Beloved, we need to truly seek the Lord. We need to seek God, and we need to seek God right now. This is not the time, the state that we're in in the world, the state that things are going, this is not the time to ignore it. We need to seek the Lord right now. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us to seek you as we lift our hearts Help us to know you, God, because we need to and we need help, Lord. But we, we, we hunger after you. We desire to see you move in our hearts, move in our leadership, move in our lives. We start with us, Lord. Help us, regardless of our government, help us to change. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And this is what we say. Make it so. But. A lie is when somebody tells you, I know how you'll be happy. You buy this hairspray and you're going to be happy. You smell like this flower, you're going to be happy. You take this drug, you're going to be happy. You buy this car, you're going to be happy. See, it all tells me I'm going to be happy. No, I'm not. 
that's not how this works. The truth is that I am not happy until I find the purpose of why I exist. My purpose for living. All right, well, today we are going to be taking a look at perfume in the ancient world, specifically in ancient Israel, and not just any perfume, but the so-called balm of Gilead, hailing from the En Gedi region of Israel. Take a look. Integral to the culture of biblical Israel and Judah were the sweet-smelling spices, plants, and tree resins that created incense and perfume. As would be expected then, incense, perfume, and oil are often mentioned in the scripture, associated with the tabernacle and temple, as well as with everyday life. Perfumes and scented oils were multi-purposed. They were used in medical applications, and they were used for everyday hygiene on the skin, hair, teeth, and around the home. This created a vibrant and lucrative perfume trade of imports and exports throughout the ancient Middle East. According to biblical, Talmudic, and Greek sources, Judah had a corner on a part of this market, the manufacture of the so-called Balm of Gilead, or balsam tree. The Bible mentions its center of production being in the area of En Gedi in the Dead Sea region, and archaeological work at En Gedi has confirmed it. Just like today's manufacturers, the cultivators and processors of ancient balsam kept their process a trade secret. The balsam tree, or Balm of Gilead, became so intertwined with the nation of Judah that after the Roman suppression of Judea and the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, Roman historian Pliny the Elder would brag that the balsam tree's secrets were finally fully subject to Rome, just like their nation. Despite trade secrets, the general process of perfuming was similar across the board. The incense was harvested, whether flowers, leaves, branches, fruits, or tree resin, and then processed by chopping and pressing. They were then steeped in oil for long periods, boiled, strained, and packaged. Perfume bottles were often of stone to aid in keeping the product cool and away from light. Depending on the perfume's ingredients and origins, this could be quite costly, creating a market for the every man and woman on the one end, and nobles and royalty on the other. These scents were also commonly added to cosmetics like face and body lotions, and even creams and pastes that added color to the eyes and hair. You know, it's always really interesting to take a look at these personal care routines and products from the ancient world. I mean, just as today, men and women, we have our routines of how we get ready for the day, about how we make ourselves presentable, how we combat our natural human grossness uh, that, that is just a common human experience. And so they did in the ancient world, both men and women utilizing perfume and oil and uh, self-care routines to make themselves presentable to the world. So this is just a connection through time. You, you know, know what, what, what's interesting to me is, and this is, we don't think about this because smell is not a, a big part of our thinking on this, but the Garden of Eden was an amazing place. Um, we don't know about it because we know of it through the Bible, but we don't know about it simply because it, it was the Garden of Eden was taken away. What were the smells like? <laughs> think about that. What did the fruit smell like? And I mean, it's a really, I mean, fruit smells good today, yes. so, so I'm sure it smelled good then too. I mean, <laughs> everything, the air with no pollution. No I mean, pollution. We, just, we, we, we have nothing to 
relate that to today? So here's the question is the question is if we are in the future, uh, we're going to return to a place like the Garden of Eden, it's heaven. What does heaven smell like? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you look at the ancient world and that the idea of an ancient garden. And we do read about like allusions to gardens and, and metaphors in Song of Solomon and Song of Songs. And, and it's that whole idea of, of not only being in the presence of God as Adam and Eve were, but, but creating that atmosphere of, uh, life. You know, there's, there's plants all around, exotic plants, um, uh, flourishing plants that just, uh, that can feed you, that smell delicious, that are useful in your everyday life and being able to walk through them. Uh, it was a very common thing in the ancient world. You know, this, this, this demonstrating mastery over nature by planting gardens that weren't just useful, but they were also for pleasure, walking through and even having, you know, there's evidence of even keeping birds, uh, domesticating birds and keeping them in your garden so that you really do replicate the wild, except it's a under your care. It's, it's domesticated. Absolutely fascinating. And we need to think that through and understand that our senses, our five senses, and I don't know how many we had originally with Adam and Eve, but because sin has taken them down, but five senses and, and how they will be uh, just totally amazingly renewed in heaven. So that's going to be very good. All right, Ryan. All right. Well, today, instead of a segment, I really wanted to read you something that my grandfather wrote. Uh, and it's uh, his introduction to the book of Song of Songs. Now, keep in mind, he wrote this over 20 years ago. But I think uh, this is even more relevant today. And he says, Man's search for love is at the center of most modern songs. Seldom is that love found, but the search goes on. Ironically, while our songs extol the virtues of love, our homes are breaking up. In Cleveland, Ohio, there is now one divorce for every two marriages. In all of North America, the divorce rates are climbing, and some sociologists say family life will not survive this next century. It is tragic that few know real love, but experience merely a loveless love, built on periods of passions rather than on virtue. The Song of Songs is an ode to undying love. Written by Solomon, this book has been interpreted in various ways. Usually, it's considered an allegory depicting Christ and the church, and telling of the great love between the two. However, the book is also very valuable as a memorial exalting the virtues of marital love and devotion. It should be read with care and appreciation. As in the book of Esther, the name of God is not mentioned. However, inference is there, making this not only an inspired, but also an inspiring book. Songs are always expressions of an overflowing heart. The Bible contains many of these compositions, among them the songs of Moses, Deborah and Barak, Hannah, David, and Mary. In Revelation, we hear of the songs of the redeemed that one day all those who accept Christ will sing. While these songs deal with the mighty doings of God and break into thanksgiving and praise, the Song of Songs is the most exquisite and beautiful representation of human love in literature. Pray that a similar love will fill your heart and home daily. That is amazing. When you begin to understand that the Bible is a great deal of music, uh, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it, we need, to, we need to, to realize that there was an article written by uh, CMI Ministries in the United States of America, and a gentle scientist uh, said that we have this unusual connection to music. 
And he was talking about the Bible, how it's set up, and one third of it is music and so mm -hmm. on. We don't have the notes, but we have the words. And it seems as if music is part of what we hear. And when we talk about, for example, in Revelation or in Isaiah 6 or whatever, when the images of heaven are portrayed to the men, they hear singing and music. And it, it is mm. really something. Now, today, of course, it, it's very different. And music is used to express people enjoy music and all that. But I think music has a deeper meaning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is the sound of our soul. And so we need to rediscover the Bible as music. We need to reread and listen to it as music. Uh, and there will be people who take their guitar and put a tune to it, but they sing the words of Psalms. Mm -hmm. I say, do it. Yeah. You know, do it. Put, put, put it to music. Uh, the greatest lyrics in the world are in the Bible. And it's music. Very, very interesting. Speaking of lyrics, here's some you won't want to forget, Janice. Well, yes, that's why today, as I'm looking at the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, as Rod talked about off the top, um, and Ryan, thank you for reading your grandfather's book. This actually is one of my favorite songs as well, but it was your grandfather's as well. And oftentimes, uh, when he pastored the church in Brampton, Ontario, Kennedy Road Tabernacle, he would say, Jan, actually he called me Jan Jan, Jan Jan, can you sing the love of God? And uh, so I'm not going to sing it today, but I am going to read it because as we read through the Song of Songs, we are reminded of God's deep and great love for us. And this is called The Love of God. It was written by Frederick Lehman in 1917. And if I get time to read the third verse, he is not credited for the third verse. It, uh, there's a story in of itself, and you can check that out online for that. So here we go. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. When hoary time shall pass away, and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray, on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love, so sure, shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels' song. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, 
and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. I mean, that is amazing. It's it, Every time I cannot make it through that song without understanding. And we can't understand, we can't fully understand the depth, the height, the width of the love of God for us and all that he does. It's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. The music is the sound of our soul. Yeah. And when we hear music like that, and because and, I was, as you were singing it, I was remembering the tunes and all of that. Uh, I remember why it was my dad's favorite. Mm -hmm. Right, and the words are spectacular. We, we, we seem to have lost some of that in the modern media messaging and the modern way of charging money for everything. Everything costs money. This is music that doesn't cost money. This is the music of God. It's the Bible. And I really encourage people to read the music and to put it to tunes from the Bible. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Oh, love of God. Well, let's, uh, let's pray and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, teach us your way and show us your path in the area of music. And stir our hearts today. We worship you, God. In Jesus' name. BD family and friends. I know you're tired of me saying the same thing all the time, but I'm, I'm just excited about this channel. And uh, I'll just say this one more day. And that is we do a program called Just the Facts 30 years ago. And we put that on there as well. So all our programs we do here at the studio and have done in the past are on, and they're on video on demand as well. So check out BD family and friends on the internet, BibleDiscoveryTV.com or on the Roku channel or on the Firestick television, either a BD family and friends, check it out. In the meantime, let's pray. Lord, help me to reset my thinking to your way, not my way. I need to think like you think, not like I do. Help me to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.